You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome to the Oz Network for episode number one, and possibly the only episode that we will be covering for Survivor, season 38, Edge of Extinction. Uh, as you followed us last season, or if you followed us last season, we kind of did a beginning of the season recap, a mid-season recap, and an end-of-season recap as uh, we have, I don't know, a half dozen episodes going up every single week. Um, I've got a couple of twins on the way. Rossi has a life that keeps him very busy, uh, sometimes too busy to watch an episode. <laughs> but we're going to be here to cover at least the premiere of Edge of Extinction. Uh, let's get into it. My name is Colin, and I don't know about you, but I watched this six days ago. And I'm Rossi, and I watched it 20 minutes ago. <laughs> and let's just start off. Like, um, as we're getting ready to record this, I think we were supposed to start about 45 minutes ago. And you said, is there any way you could push the recording back? I'm like, okay, half an hour. And you're like, okay. And then you still show up about 15 minutes late after that. And you're like, sorry, I was late. I'm like, yeah, what was going on? And you're like, oh, I just finished the episode. And yet you were the one who's been hassling me for the last week. Hey, when are we going to record Survivor here? We need to record Survivor. So you didn't even watch the episode. You're like, we got to talk about this. What's up with that? I was very invested in the very little that I knew. <laughs> now, now that you've seen the episode, are you invested more or less? Um, equally. <laughs> I don't think it waver. I don't know. It's hard. It, like, it's tough. The first episodes sometimes are really great, or sometimes really bad, or just kind of that. I don't know. They don't give you a good flavor sometimes of the whole season. Mm. So it's hard for me to to say. I feel like this is one of the times where I was like, I watched it. It was enjoyable, yeah. like nothing crazy. So it was kind of stock standard, and I don't know how to take what's been given to us. I'm not really sure where to go just yet. But I think it was a good start, but hard to move forward. See, my opinion. I talked about this with several people. Um the day after you know for those people who actually watch the show uh <laughs> night of but um i just felt like i, I don't know if underwhelmed would be the word but it's there was nothing to hate about the episode there just wasn't anything to really get into like kind of like you're saying like no real motivation uh i didn't really click with any of the characters uh including the ones who are coming back i mean a i'm not thrilled we'll talk about the returning players but i'm not thrilled with the ones we have back anyways uh i'm definitely not thrilled with what we saw of the players that came back i'm not thrilled with what we saw of the new players and more than anything i just feel like the 60 minute premiere does not work uh and i don't know why they do a 60 minute premiere because i mean the ratings are still strong for survivor and their shows with you know much less viewers that will get two hour premieres in some cases will get two hour episodes every single week. So I don't know why we had to go with the 60 minute premiere. I mean, did, did you feel like there was anything lacking or, or do you have a preference? Cause even Jeff Propes uh, went on Twitter this past week and said, you know, uh, Hey, some people seem to think that, you know, the 60 minutes is too short. And that's exactly what I was feeling just while watching the episode. And he kind of was like, what what's people's opinions, you know, two hours. And I'm kind of of the opinion. I like the 90 minute time for a premiere but i don't know what are your thoughts on the length of the premiere and whether or not that hurt it at all yeah i was actually um a little surprised i was worried because i was trying to cram in this episode 20 minutes like before recording and i was so worried i would have to skip so much because i was like trying to catch up like i thought it was gonna be a longer episode i was so worried i was like how am i gonna cram 90 minutes i mean less with ads kind of thing less you know, time, but I was like, how am I going to cram it in? I'm not really sure what's going to be cut out. Like I'll skip some of the 
early camp scenes and I'll be able to get through it. And I was shocked that it was so short. Yeah, it just felt like we didn't get a lot of character. Mm-hmm. Like we didn't get any, I think we got a few, but there wasn't anything stand out. There's so many of the people, I still don't really know who they are. I really don't get who vibing with who. Even on the tribe that went to tribal council, at the end of the day, it was just to pick on two people. Yeah. So it's hard to kind of judge like where the intricacies of relationships are or even anything. It's so hard to judge. It was so quick. The challenge took up most of it. We had a marooning. It was, it was just a lot. And I think the other thing is they were cramming. I, I almost feel like this could have been one of those situations. Like which season was it where it started as like a certain length and then they had to edit it down to 60 minutes or 90 minutes? I can't remember what season that was. Uh, but that's what this felt like to me. Like they had a 90 minute premiere and then CBS said, sorry, we can only give you an hour for whatever reason. And then they're like, okay, let's cut this and this and this, because the problem with the episode seemed to be more the amount of stuff that was happening in it. Uh, you know, normally in an episode, you get maybe three or four characters getting development or three or four stories going on. And here we have 18 characters. And I felt like at least 14 of those people got profiled in this episode. And that alone is a lot to take in for a 60-minute premiere. How am I going to get to know these people? But it wasn't just we're profiling these people and giving them you know, a quick confessional. Like these 14 people all had their own individual storylines kind of going on. It was just – it was way too much. So uh, I think even by the second day, you know, people are asking, what did you think of Survivor? I'm sort of like, uh, too much. I like the last scene because <laughs> I couldn't remember anything else. And even now, I mean if I had the – I thought maybe if I have the cast photo in front of me, it would be easy to remember these people. But I mean, I have—I didn't even look at the photo, but I have the cast list in front of me, and uh, maybe two of these names are standing out to me. Like I can't remember any of these people. I mean, any of the new characters stand out to you in, uh, I guess, the fourteen or whatever that we actually got profiled. Uh, Wendy. That's one. Like Wendy was the star <laughs> of the, not in the good way. Wendy and Reen were kind of the biggest two mm-hmm. personalities we got out of the newbies. Yeah. Um, some some people were doing well in the challenge, I would say, like because I was trying to keep tabs on who was there and that. Because sometimes you can see who's a challenge star, who does well in that. So maybe they'll have more personality or something. Hey, those are the two that really shined. And then beyond that, not too much, other than I think Kelly was all one of the bigger characters as well. But that was about it. Um, I'll agree with you with Reem and Wendy, and I think that's just it comes down to the fact that that was the final storyline of tribal council. And even Jeff Probst said during tribal, he's never really been at a tribal where the entire focus of conversation was all on one person, all on Reem. And then you threw Wendy in there as well. But um, maybe because they were the only two names are being thrown out there yet. The vote was just all over the place. Like maybe that, that could be one of the other problems. Like how does the show produce a story when four people received votes uh, you know, across nine votes cast, like half the tribe got votes. It was clear. I don't know. I would argue because they did a pretty good job in Borneo when like so many people got a vote then. Yeah. And I feel like that was a little bit compelling. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, and I don't yeah. know if it was that far off because it was the only stray vote was Wendy's vote because we didn't know where that was going to go. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I didn't, obviously they didn't tell us that they were going to split votes between Wendy and Reem. But if you're a current fan of the show, you know that they don't say it, but they're going to do it because mm-hmm. of idols. And everyone's worried about idols and all that kind of stuff. And the only thing is just where Reem and Wendy were going to vote because we didn't know if they were going to vote together, separate, who, if it was going to Kelly, Lauren, or mm-hmm. who. It, it just. But 
like you said, it is kind of hard to telegraph some of these things when you don't really know, like, when do you, like, defiant stance against whoever she was talking to? I forget the guy's name. She's like, well, I'm just going to vote with Wendy just because that's my girl or something like that. And it's just yeah. like, you can't predict that kind of stuff. How do you tell that? I think that was probably a good storytelling, but some kind of the stuff like that you can't predict. And we'll get to the theme of the season on the end because, you know, it's called Edge of Extinction. And I tried to avoid all the spoilers. I think I had heard a couple of months ago the, the spoiler of what, you know, that the players would have a chance to come back. And I just sort of put it out of my mind because when they revealed it in this episode, I, it was sort of like, ooh, did I know that before, or is this new to me, you know? But uh, we'll get to that in the end, but I guess the other thing being the returning players, and that's what I did know coming in. And uh, for one, um, I'm not a fan, I don't mind returning player seasons, but when you're mixing returning players with new players, that's what I dislike. And I think the only time it works is if it's, a returning player who maybe did like I think of Philippines it worked because these are players who maybe didn't really get a shot. Uh, so you can't use the excuse of, well, they're so experienced in the game. I mean, Mike Scoopin was the most experienced of those. Well, I guess Penner, but uh, Mike Scoopin was like ex- experienced, but yet had gone to maybe one or two tribal councils. Uh, and you take a season like Guatemala, where you're bringing back two players that just had extremely bad luck. Again, there's still you still can say well an advantage comes in there, but I just I don't like mixing experienced players with new players because it always ends up being you know uh, a complete like just just run over the new players, and then you add on top of that that the the returning players just get all the focus like that's why I hate the fans versus favorite seasons because so much of the screen time goes to these returning favorites and I feel like we never get what we should have out of the the fans. <sighs> This time, I'm even more confused because we have players that are getting brought back for the third time. Like Aubrey, I mean, I didn't mind Aubrey the first season. Um, I thought that she was great in the final tribal council. Like the, her jury section of her second season was great. But otherwise, I mean, her second season was a huge disappointment. And I I know I'm probably getting hated for this, but I'm not a Kelly Wentworth fan at all. I don't get her at all. Uh, I feel like... I feel like that was, that was a guy who was 200 pounds of muscle. People would be like, oh, we've seen this character a million times. But I'm feeling like we've seen this female-type character one too many times now, you know? And she doesn't feel fresh or new to me in any way. Um, to me, she always comes across a little too much like she's putting it on for the camera. Uh, you know, David's the only one I think I was really excited about. Uh, and I think my excitement's definitely dropped after seeing this first episode. And... I left out Joe for a reason because in all honesty, I mean, if I have to see Joe pass the merge, I'm going to throw up and we will not be covering the mid season uh, part of this. But what are your thoughts on the returning players? Like, do you think this season needs it? Cause that's the other thing I felt. It just felt out of place. This didn't feel like this is something you needed to bring returning players back for Like it fit the theme in any way. Yeah. It's more of just that kind of chance at redemption. Really. I, my biggest complaint is, I mean, yes, I don't love the who they brought back 100%, but it doesn't it just feels random. Yeah. Like it's like you pick you go to someone on the street and say pick four names out of this list and they show all whatever number of contestants and someone's like, mm, "I have a daughter named Aubrey and I used to date a Joe and like and it just like picked random names." And like it just there's no relation. Like first of all, we have two people who played together once mm-hmm. and like they had to obviously split that up, but like it seems why don't you just pick four 
random players that had got close but didn't make it. Like if they had four David type players, yeah. like really close to the end, could have won it if they were like changed one situation, and like that would be great. Like I and I can see that with someone like David. Like he got so close the first time. And bring him back. Mm-hmm. We don't need Joe, who's going to make the merge and get voted out like seventh place because he's a strong physical threat. Like that's what happened this first two seasons. Mm-hmm. And like, I guess you could say Aubrey was also in the kind of situation where, like, oh, she made it really close but didn't quite make it. But at the end of the day, it's just so random. Just yeah. like, three brainy contestants and one brawny contestant. It just, and that's what kills me. And in terms of the actual people, I didn't want to see Joe. I, I didn't need to see him again. And I didn't vote for him to come in second chance, so I don't need him now. Um, I'm probably the biggest Kelly fan out of all the Survivor Oz people. Or Survivor Oz. Wow. Um, Oz Network? (laughs) Yeah. Um, The Oz Network people just, by virtue of everyone else, doesn't like her. And I'm like, okay with her. Um, And David was a great choice. I'm glad to see him back. I think he definitely deserves a second chance. And. Aubrey's cool. I think I'll, I'm chill with her. Like, we'll see what she, how she does. If she goes first time around, if she if she plays like she did the first time around, then I'm so into it. If she played like the second time around, then I'm not. I have a feeling it's going to be like the second. And, and here's the other thing. I want to get more into whether or not this twist is going to work like in a bit. But the idea that players are going to get a chance to come back. The other thing that I always hate in Survivor, I hate when people get a chance to come back after being eliminated from the game. And I hate when we have returning players mixed with new players. Now we have a season that's doing both. And it never even occurred to me uh, until we started talking about it here that this could just very well be an excuse to make sure one of these returning players wins the game. Like, this is starting to feel very Redemption Island to me. Uh, We have these players like Aubrey and Kelly and Joe and David, um, and, you know, we want them to win, so let's make sure if everybody does gang up, like it's kind of looking in the preview for next week, they do gang up to eliminate these returning players, that they have a chance to come back again. And that's just making me more frustrated, even though what I'll get to in a second is I kind of like the way that this twist is being presented. But do you think that this is an excuse to have one of these players just sort of coast to the end of the game? I think the 100% the twist is there to save these returning players. You know, because we, we never done... Look, you know, Philippines was the only time we kind of did this where it was like, oh, you may get a chance to come back or some, not get a chance, something like that. Mm-hmm. But I think the way they're doing it is a little smarter than, say, like the Redemption Island South Pacific style where, where they're not told that this exists. Yeah. So I don't think it's impacting gameplay in that way, you know, I'm just trying to think, like, in South Pacific, they voted out Ozzy just so he could come back mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like, this isn't a situation where the gameplay is going to be altered, or in a major way. They may speculate that there's some sort of twist about this extinction, whatever. But there's no way that, you know, they're going to say, oh, we shouldn't vote out Joe because he may come back. Like, you're going to vote out Joe because, like, that's the smart thing to do or yeah. whatever. Like, it's not going to impact it as much as the others. So I think that's an interesting layer like to it like and I think Jeff tried to explain away the season title like when he was like oh you're fighting to the edge or something like that (laughs) I I don't remember exactly what he said but I think that it's good that it's not an obvious thing no one really is aware of it like it's kind of that secondary situation to the main game 
Now, did you know about these twists going in? I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you knew about who the returning players were, because I think everybody did. But did you know what the twist was of somebody coming back? I knew that there's... I knew a little bit. I remember researching, you know, when they... The, the what is it? The inside survivor person yeah. reveals all that stuff. I, I like I liked reading about that stuff, so I, I read into it. Uh, I'm not entirely sure... Like I don't did the I don't well, maybe I skipped it but did the show fully explain the mechanics because I don't think I even still no. know what's going on with it. I had to read up on it, um, and like I said, I think that I may have heard this months ago and just sort of you know forgotten about it or tried to forget about it because I hate seasons like that. But I guess the way this is going to work is um, somebody's voted out, and as we see in this episode, uh, you know, Reem's voted out and. As she's leaving, she approaches the sign that gives her two choices. You can leave the game or you could have a chance to stay in the game. It doesn't say you can re-enter the game. It says you have a chance to. And she had her choice. Now, that was the first moment of the episode that I think I really loved. I think there were some decent moments in Tribal Council uh, with Reem. But uh, when the, just the way that she reacted to that, where she's sort of like, huh. And then just sort of turns like, okay, I'll try it. And then she shows up on this boat and then goes to this other island and realize like there's nothing there it's no proper shelter uh no supplies it's basically they're making the players who have a chance of returning have nothing this isn't even like redemption island where uh we're gonna give you minimal things to live off of like they're giving them nothing and i feel like it's kind of harkening back to the way it was presented with uh janu in Palau, because that was the first time they ever did a uh, exile type thing, where they want to see you miserable, and the idea is is that the players are going to show up there, be given nothing, and that you can choose whether to stay for a chance to play in the game or you can leave at any time. They have a white flag that they basically throw up at any point that they want to leave the game again. So. We could very well have people showing up and 24 hours later saying, I can't handle this. That's another reason why I dislike bringing back the returning players because those players have already gone to the end. They've already dealt with the worst. And it's extremely unlikely they're going to leave no matter how miserable it is because these are people who have played it you know, three times with the exception of one of the players who's playing for a second time. Uh, but that's basically the gist of it, I feel. And I feel like at some point they're going to come down to let's say seven people who are left and maybe sometime post-merge they all have to compete in a challenge to come back um it'll work like other ones but i do personally i liked that we saw the island with nothing there because that kind of gave me hope for it i was sort of like oh okay i don't like this and then when we see the island and there's nothing there and just the way the episode's even edited uh, it's it's dramatic. I'm feeling like we're going to get to see that Janu misery. <laughs> and we're going to get to see people quitting post-leaving the game, uh, which I think also makes Survivor look harder because eventually it reaches a point where you just get so used to a show that you assume this is easier than it is. And we always talk about every time there's a season where they really ha- have to battle the elements or person has an injury or gets sick um, or even wants to quit and is just breaking down crying that it makes it more real. And I think that's going to bring a little bit of that back to the show. So I'm interested to see where it goes despite hating these type of twists, but I know that it's just set up for the, uh, the returning players. And so just so I'm a hundred percent clear, so we could have like every single person voted out there at one time. 
what do you mean? Like, oh, like, yeah. So if, if like they say from, for, from, first, from Ream to fourth place contestant, like yeah. at one point could all be there. Yeah, exactly. Which will get sloppy for storytelling if they actually want to tell stories there. But if they play it more if, like if they even cut there. Yeah. But if they even when you take like Redemption Island, you know, they would cut to Redemption Island once per episode. And I'm, I'm thinking that's probably the way every episode's going to start. And then we'll go from there but i don't i also don't think they'll leave this to the very end i have a feeling that um it'll probably be sometime post merge where they get the person back in agreed so did you like the way they presented it oh um um, you just agreed with everything i said (laughs) yeah i'm just gonna okay so i liked then i liked the not telling the cast about it like keeping it a mystery. Um, I like that was good. And I think that I think it's an interesting twist on the Janu exile. Like you get yeah. nothing. I think that's a fun twist. I think it's designed to have people quit. I, I don't even know. Would you count that as quitting? Like Well, I think if you've already been eliminated, I wouldn't count it as a quit. Because okay. they're putting you out there separate from the game and saying you know, you're actually playing real Survivor now. This is about life or death almost. Okay, so then like if I'm just going to use the word quit just because it's an easy way to mm-hmm. say it. But like if they were like, oh, it's designed it's designed for people to quit. So like Reem's there now, not literally now, but she was there at that time. <laughs> She's still out there. <laughs> <laughs> they never took to let her. She waved the flag, but no one came. <laughs> uh, but like she's gonna she's probably not gonna last till the time to come back in the game like i she, she's got no food she's gonna be like i'm gonna i'm getting out of here i can't do this like she's probably gonna leave or someone else will wendy will or whoever yeah. will so and the, it, it's so if, kind of to avoid that luxury like you don't have the shelter you don't have anything you don't have a machete like you can't do these things like you're gonna have to fight for it which I think is fun, but also like could be really boring. It could be just like kind of like torture porn, and I don't want to necessarily watch that. Like, so it's it'll be interesting to see how it works. I, I think the way they introduced it and set it up was all good, but it, it just depends on how it goes in these next couple of days or episodes. Here's a fun idea, and I doubt they'd ever go this far, but let's just roll with it and say some type of variation of this happens. You reach the point where there are eight people who are eliminated, so we're down to the final ten. All eight people have chosen to stay there. At whatever point, instead of just having a challenge for somebody to re-enter the game, what if those exiles, those extinct people, whatever they're going to call them in the season, have to kind of go through their own series of tribals? So they don't reveal to the people. This eliminates the idea of you know quick alliances. They don't reveal to them, this is what you're going to do. And then Propes all of a sudden shows up and says, hey, one of you is going to get a chance to come back in the game, so let's go. Here's a tribal council. And everybody has to vote. And then they eliminate a person. He's like, okay, let's go again. They have to vote. They eliminate another person. And without any planning, or maybe give them even five minutes to plan in between these, they go through a series of tribal councils among the exiles or the extinct. And then that's how, because I feel like one of the reasons that things like Redemption Island have never worked in the past is because you're saying it's outwit, outplay, outlast. And then you're basically saying for these people who have been eliminated from the game for three quarters of it it's only about outplay as long as you win a challenge in the end then you're back make them play survivor and make them play survivor in a way where they're not going to be able to put the same planning into it 
that would get me really interested in the the show. Now, if it doesn't happen this season, it happens next season. I'm suing you, probes. So I'm just putting that out there because I think it's a great idea. I'd like to see that. Yeah, I think that would be an interesting layer because you sell it as just soul, sur- like soul survivor, hmm. a, to- a solo survivor thing where yeah. you're really in the elements. You got to fight for your life, kind of very animalistic. And then at the end of the day, you just class it into this total social thing who did you get along with who do you like outcast twists like you just tell them to vote them back in obviously they're not going to hotels or being in you know luxury beds but you just say who should go back in or maybe there's two people that go back in so it lessens the blow when you know because if the redemption island person always gets voted out right after Mm -hmm. so like you bring two or three people back in and try and replay the game that way i think that would be a really fun way to kind of elevate it Obviously, we'll see what happens when someone or multiple people come back in the game at some point, but that would have been a fun way to do it. Is there anything else in this episode? Like, you've seen it more freshly than I have, you know, within the last 30 minutes. Um, Anything else in this episode, like scene-wise or character-wise, that I've skipped over? Because I feel like maybe it's it's just it wasn't that memorable an episode, or maybe uh, it's just been six days, so I've forgotten anything, but anything else missed? I thought there were like a few um I thought Wendy had a really good moment where she was talking about, you know, who she is as a person. I thought that there was a lot of story development with her as a character, like that she is Tourette's and um you know, she's a very loyal person. She did like she stay true to Did she say it was Tourette's or did she say it was like some variation of Tourette's? I think I don't exactly remember the exact classification but I think she said she had a mild form mm-hmm. of it. It seemed different than like regular Tourette's like and she she explained it in a way where it's like sometimes I'll do this and sometimes I'll do this and like as if she understands all the rules behind it you know like it's controlled Tourette's or something I don't know. Yeah she was very like pro like programmatic she's like this happens and then this happens and then it's, this or could this. It's obsessive compulsive Tourette syndrome <laughs> we just named it. Yes. But I thought that was really nice to see that little um, moment there, like that she was just very authentic. She's like, yeah, I don't go out and say that, hey, this is me, but I'm so open about it. This is my life kind of thing. And that I feel is about it. Uh, What's his name? I don't remember his name. The old guy got the secret advantage. I think maybe we should talk about that. Which old guy was it? Because there's something I've already forgotten. (sighs) I can't remember his name. Can you pull up the cast list and maybe if you, I'll look it up? But he had like the idol, or is it the idol menu or something, where he got to choose what he wanted, or oh, that's he had right, to fight for what he wanted. Yeah, I don't remember. I know there was one. There was an advantage idol, like where you could just it's like an immunity for a tribal council, but it plays like an idol. Yeah, so um, you can steal, steal somebody's reward. Yeah. reward. You can get an extra vote, or you can have individual immunity. Yeah, so I, I like that, that instead of just giving people idols, and here's another idea. What if individual immunity idols were something that were reserved only for the second half of the game and advantages were reserved for the first half? Because, um, I don't know, I feel like advantages become too powerful the longer you go, whereas individual immunity, it's more of a crapshoot. You know, you don't know. You could be playing it wrong or you could be playing it right or you could give it to somebody else. So if you give somebody these advantages for the first half of the game, you have a better chance at getting it wrong because I find it's more dramatic when somebody gets something wrong, when they misuse it. Uh, you don't always want to see that, but and and also they're giving them the option: Do you want to uh, 
just have security going into a tribal council? Do you want to have that extra vote to give you more power? Or do you want to be the good person and, you know, get a reward from the other tribe? Which, let's be honest, nobody's going to take that. I mean, would you? Which one would you take? I feel like the best one would be the advantage. The um, the vote? Personalized uh, idol. Oh, yeah. Just, I think that, I mean, it, dep- it depends on all these situations. Because I think it wears out. Like, I think there's a certain time limit. Mm-hmm that he can play it or a certain amount of tribal councils that it'll be valid for. But depending on, you know, where you stand, like that may be really handy to have it. Yeah. And I've the, um, steal a reward from the, like for the tribe situation doesn't seem <laughs> ideal because yes, it's for everyone, but then you're seen like a shady character who had this advantage and didn't tell anyone. Yeah. It's just, it just seems like a mess. I feel like the advantage, the idol or the protection is the best. Yeah, and the extra vote, I think a few episodes in when tribes start dwindling a little bit, that's when it'll matter more. But we have 18 people on this as two tribes of nine. If you're smart or even semi-smart, you're going to know when you're on the right side of a vote. And for the first vote, who's going to play an extra vote? Because you're either already in the majority or you're risking pushing a tie, which is no good for anybody. So yeah, I agree with you that the idol would be best. Um... We don't really... Also, I looked it up, and I think it was Ron who's his, who found it. Is that his name? Not... I think so. I was going to call him Dan. Uh, I don't think it's Dan. I, don't think we <laughs> I know Dan. it's not Dan, but I'm just going to call him Dan. No, we had a Dan last season. We, a new name. we have a Dan every season. Let's be honest. Dan, Ron, it's close enough. Let's call him Reem. No, we already have a Reem. Let's call him Rom. Rom-com? <laughs> Let's call him rom-com, sure. Um, <laughs> all right, so I guess the only thing we're really going to talk about is, uh, well, we don't really have this to talk about, is whether or not the uh, returning players are going to be targeted next episode, which is the plan that seems to be out there. But we're not even going to be back till mid-season. So um, yeah, I, I'm not that crazy about this, but you kind of said at the beginning, the first episode is tough to tell, and... I probably would have been more sour on the season and not rushed. I, I may have pulled a Rossi and not watched the next episode right away. <laughs> uh, other than the fact that when you said, well, not every season starts off good or some good seasons start off with bad episodes. And I remember that two of my least favorite finales of all time are Vanuatu and Gabon. And next to only Africa, my two favorite seasons of all time are Vanuatu and Gabon. So yeah, I'm optimistic, and I, I hope that when we come back in mid-season, we're going to have much more positive things to say, and that we'll remember what Dan Rom's name is. Agreed. I think that I think that there's a lot of possibilities that could happen. There's a lot of great things that could happen, but also equally tragic things that could happen with these idols and advantages and twists. And sometimes these newbies are like, oh, Joe, you're so great. Let me work with you. Like, I want to work with Joe. Like, how cool would that be? And then Joe's there for 20 tribal councils and almost wins or Ugh. something like that i'm gonna throw up so it's 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 a very hit or miss um and i also wanted to quickly add I've, since our, our lovely friend jared couldn't be here tonight oh poor jared or this to this afternoon it's because afternoon for him. he's getting an education or working or working for a living or something um he wanted to let me give glowing reviews of Wendy, Keith, and Reem. <laughs> Who's Keith? That was the other tr- person in the alliance. 
It'll come to me eventually. <laughs> All right. Ne- next episode, you'll know. Uh, I'm going to call Keith Jared from now on. That's how I'm going to remember. Okay. Let's just and get he also new wanted to let everyone know, especially those that are in Australia, that he keeps thinking about Ream as the hot water supplier. Is that what your profile pick is right now? Yes. Okay. <laughs> and I could play the jingle if we'd like. Go for it. Heard- Who cares about All copyright? Right. Nobody's listening anyway. I'm I'm putting this out there now. Sponsorship next week. Reem, please sponsor our show. If they're still in service. Um. We just gave you free advertising, Reem. <laughs> um, so we'll be back mid-season with our new sponsor, Reem Install Reem. We have 24 hours from now, your season four recap of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. Yeah. Um, we finish up... season 11 on the horizon. <laughs> we finished up Oscar month. Ben and I, which felt like a month. Uh, sadly, the Academy Awards are over, and one of the worst movies to ever be nominated for Best Picture, Bohemian Rhapsody, won too many awards, and the world is disgraced. Uh, but luckily, Black Klansman won at least one, so I still come out a winner. Uh, we're going to start our anniversary month for movies at the beginning of March, so uh, look forward to Bad Ooh. Movie Month. Uh, oh, sorry, not Anniversary Month, Bad Movie Month first. So yeah, look forward to the bad anniversaries uh, before the good ones. Things like The Adventures of Pluto Nash's 18th anniversary, um, Cat in oh, the Hat, historic. Cat in the Hat 16th, or whatever it is. Lots of bad movies to come, uh, and random rewatches. I'm sure we'll be back. Rossi and I took a break because we couldn't line up schedules, and I the twins are on the way. I've got twi- not mine, Rossi's twins, mine and Jamie's, uh, <laughs> but. <laughs> Uh, that's another set of twins coming yeah <laughs> we'll call them Reem and Rom <laughs> uh, but uh, we will be getting back into the random rewatches and uh, uh, I think we have an episode that we've been planning for a couple weeks Rossi just has to tell me if he could find it but look for those coming soon on what are those there on Thursdays now and then Survivor in a couple of weeks so lots of good stuff to come um, Rossi thank you no for being here no Kristen this season no Kristen. Sorry, Kristen is If anyone is, is curious to find Kristen, she will not be podcasting this season, and she wants to blame everyone responsible for casting Kelly Wentworth on the season. Yes! <laughs> I accept your reason for not being here, Kristen. Uh, you probably won't hear that, but I accept it, and I don't blame you. Uh, so we'll be back mid-season to talk more Survivor, and my name is Colin, and install a re- <laughs> <laughs> And uh, my name's uh, Rossian. Who's Keith? Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.